Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Emily Green, otherwise known as Emily the Medium. This show is a space where I'll share my teachings around life after death, the soul, intuition, developing psychic abilities, and so much more. Together, we will expand our minds beyond what is widely accepted as truth and start to see the mind, body, and soul from a completely different perspective. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you are having a beautiful, beautiful day at the time of this recording We are in a very pivotal moment in the world and tides are high, emotions are hot, people are feeling all kinds of feelings, so this will still be relevant next week when this episode comes out, but I hope you are taking care of yourself and you are engaging in all kinds of grounding practices, doing things that you love, doing luxurious self-care practices or the not-so-beautiful self-care practices as well that help you feel alive and grounded and full of breath and uh, enjoy even amidst a lot of chaos and volatility. So I hope you are doing well. I'm sending you so much love and uh, just make sure you're taking care of yourself when the tides are high. I taught a whole class on this in one of my membership groups uh, last week, just making sure that everybody had the tools to be able to take care of themselves. So the pretty much the the foundational principle of that, of those teachings were use your breath. Things get weird. You feel some type of way. You're feeling out of control. Use your breath. Lots and lots of deep breath. Uh, For the most part, our bodies are not getting enough breath right now. We're not breathing. We're holding our breath. Our nervous systems are all kinds of taxed. So the best way that we can start to regulate that is using our breath. So why don't we take three really nice deep breaths together before we even get into this episode? Inhaling really deep in through your nose. And exhaling through the mouth. (sighs) Inhaling. (sighs) And exhaling. One more time. Inhale. (sighs) And just using that little sigh is so powerful. It's a, you know, we can usually, we can really use our, our breath and the power of sound to move energy and emotion through the system. So I hope you're feeling a little bit better after those couple breaths and you're ready to get into today's episode with me. I'm so excited to bring you today's episode. I got to have one of my best friends, my closest, dearest, and most wonderful friends, Ariel Corey, on the podcast today. And I am so excited to let you in on this conversation. This is really kind of like an average day in the life of a conversation between Ariel and I. And We decided last minute, very spontaneously, to record it and bring it to you. So we talk about all things spirit babies and what it's like to have a child in 2020. In the pandemic, Ariel gave birth to her beautiful, beautiful daughter, Yara, in April at the height of the pandemic. And she explains a little bit about what her experience was like. It's really special for me to have this relationship, not only with Ariel, of course, but with her daughter, Yara, because I was so privileged and lucky to be able to communicate with Yara's energy and with her soul before she actually incarnated onto this planet with Ariel and throughout Ariel's pregnancy experience. 
And so now getting to have this relationship with her, um, even though she's not speaking yet, she's only seven months old, but we have a really special bond um, that is very telepathic in nature, which is totally fine with me. I prefer to communicate that way anyway. Um, But it's so special getting to see my friends and clients bring children onto this planet right now. I've had more friends and clients have children this year than ever before. Um, I can count like on two. I think I've got like close to 10, which is just wild. So there's so many children who are coming onto this planet right now. And it's so special for me to have already communicated with them and get to know little bits and pieces about their personalities and their energies. And so Ariel and I get into that a little bit in our interview. We also talk about astral projection or astral travel and our experiences about out of body meeting up in uh, kind of the astral realm, meeting up in um, in uh, in dream time together. So, you know, just average run of the mill kind of everyday stuff. But What I love so much about uh, Ariel is that we just our conversations always flow so well and we can really kind of read each other's minds. We actually technically don't need to talk out loud. It's very, very subtle, which is just absolutely wonderful. You know, she knows what I'm thinking before I've even completed the thought and vice versa. So just sharing a little inside look around our friendship and what it's like and how, you know, how we uh, how we connect on an everyday basis. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this interview with you today. But before we get to this interview with Ariel, I want to talk to you about my friend Christina Rice's podcast, Christina the Channel. And I'm so excited to get the chance to talk about her podcast for a couple of reasons. Number one, Christina just rebranded and overhauled her whole scene. She changed her podcast up. She's got a whole new intro, logo, podcast, and a whole new, she's restructured her whole, whole brand around her channeling abilities and her kind of spiritual gifts. And she's sharing channeled wisdom, Um, And she's sharing uh, just a lot of her very high caliber psychic perspectives on things, which I value and appreciate so, so much. And I've gotten to have kind of an an inside look at that. I was lucky enough to do a reading for Christina, which um, was really, really interesting, just kind of getting the inside look at her process. And she is truly one of a kind and, and the real deal. Uh, she, I really feel like she's going to be rolling out so many amazing things, not only on her podcast, but, um, in, within the context of her brand in the next little while. And I can't wait to see what kind of amazing things she comes up with. So you can go over on Apple Podcasts. Her show will be linked in the show notes. Her show is called Christina, the channel. Please check it out. She puts out episodes so regularly and they're always of such a high caliber and, and she's so eloquent in the way that she speaks. I love her podcast. She is also one of my top five that I listen to every week. So I'm slowly kind of getting you connected with all of the podcasts that I love. And Christina, the channel is one of my absolute favorites. So go have a listen. Tell me what you think. And without further delay, let's get to this show with Ariel. Hi, my love. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to have you here. I can't believe I haven't had you on my podcast yet. I know we've talked about it. It's just, you're in a different time zone. Life is crazy. You have a seven month old baby. That I do. You do. She's napping right now. We're like, okay, let's spontaneously record this podcast while she's napping and see what happens. Yeah. I'm hoping that spirit makes this a longer nap. Well, that's exactly what I was just thinking. Like when I was first starting um, giving readings. And I was like in this tiny little like shoebox house and I had a brand new puppy and I would ask spirit, okay, spirit, just keep him quiet. 
you know, for this like time that I'm doing this reading, like make sure he doesn't bark or go crazy. So it's like the same thing with Yara that they're doing spirits like, okay, let's, let's extend her nap a little bit so yeah. that Emily and Ariel can have a conversation. I think it, it'll work too, because she knows that you and I are talking. Yeah. And she's, she's, like, she's oh, it's a, on DM. She's a fan of me. Yes. She, she knows. She knows. She's like, oh, okay, I'll give them a second. Well, that's actually, I wanted to talk to you about that because I've been talking to a lot of people this year who are either having babies, like giving birth to babies in 2020 or who are conceiving children in 2020. And it's such a, obviously I don't have to tell anybody who's listening to this podcast or tell you, but it's such an interesting time to be a human being on a planet, on the planet. So I'm curious to hear about your experience, about what it's like to become a mom and for the first time and bring this beautiful, intelligent spirit baby, Yara, onto the planet at this time. What has it been like? Mm. Well, it's all that I've known. So I'll just preface it with that being a new mom. So I have nothing to compare it to, but being super sensitive and empathic and psychic myself, there's been a lot of push and pull between fear and surrender with giving birth this year. Fear just, you know, here in the United States, it's election day. What will the world be like over the next four years? Hopefully better than it has been for the previous four years, but a lot of fear around that, a lot of fear around COVID. Uh, Yara was born in April, right at the really beginning of the pandemic. And there was a lot of uncertainty there, a lot of surrender and changing my birth plan, mm -hmm. surrendering, having family near during labor, also immediately following those first 40 days postpartum. So it's been really hard. I mean, you and I talk about it quite candidly. Mm -hmm. I've shared about it quite a bit on social media. And I think being a new mom in general, there's a lot of sugar coating and sharing of the beautiful moments where you're laughing with your baby and everything is great. And I've always leaned towards kind of sharing more of the raw on social media to begin with, but especially postpartum during a global pandemic, shit got real, real fast. Real fast. Yeah. So I just think that A, the babies that are coming in during this time, whether you're expecting or have just given birth or about to give birth, those children that are coming in right now are just the epitome of change and healing and are just so sensitive and intuitive and just mind-blowingly amazing. And we have to remember as parents that they chose us, but they also chose the time that they're entering this earth. So I, it's also a lot of surrender to my now seven-month-old saying, you know, this is a crazy world trying to take responsibility for it and protect her as much as I can, but also realize she chose this time for a reason. So kind of stepping back and watching that unfold a little bit. Yeah. Which yeah. is, that's crazy and it's beautiful, but it's also really scary. Absolutely. Well, I think that's the, that's kind of the polarity that I've been noticing is like just even, you know, different people you included of like who are bringing babies onto this planet is like these children are so happy you know they're like mm. so happy to be here and you can tell they're just like i'm so glad i'm here on this planet at this time and then the polarity of like being a parent and kind of being almost like oh my gosh are they going to be okay like what kind of world is my child growing up in and all this kind of stuff but it's what i notice it's so interesting is it's like in eclipse to 
you know, the parents' fears, whatever they may be around, you know, our kind of perception of what's happening is these children, these babies are just like so happy to be here. It's so interesting. Like they have absolutely, from my, in my experience, what I've observed is they have absolutely no fear. They have absolutely no worries. They're like, yep, I'm here. I need to be here at this time that I'm at. I have, you know, I know what's going on. I'm totally aware of it, but I'm not faced almost. It's so interesting. Yeah, they they definitely seem you know, speaking to Yara in particular, very much more equipped with this raw, powerful level of trust that was absolutely not innate in me whatsoever. And I think that's something that they'll end up teaching our generation mm-hmm. is trusting and pushing for empowerment and change. And Yara is just so unapologetically herself already. <laughs> and I think that's going to be true for a lot of the babies coming in right now because, you know, we've done a lot of this healing and inner work and soul work, whatever it is that you want to call it. And this next generation is like, yeah, I've already done all of that in a previous lifetime or up where I came from. And now it's just time to kind of hit the ground running as soon as I arrive. I 100% believe that. I think that's so accurate. That's such an accurate read on like how these children are going to be so different as they grow up. And I think we're really going to see that. And it'll be so interesting to see how you notice that with Yara, you know, as she gets, you know, because it's so true at seven months old, she does not give a single fuck. Like she is so, Mm -hmm. she is so just like, I don't like this. I don't like this environment. I don't like, you know, that person. I don't like, right. There's just no time for any of the pleasantries, even as such a, like a small little baby, you know? And I think that's so amazing. Like it really shows sort of, you know, very early on how, um, exactly. Like you said, like they're not necessarily going to get mixed up in some of the things that maybe we got mixed up in or some of the people pleasing or the self-doubt or the lack of confidence or things like that. Like they just feel so sovereign. And so, uh, exactly like you said, unapologetically, unapologetically themselves. So amazing. I want to ask you, I know you said that she has this trust and, and, you know, she can really feel it even when you're not feeling it. So how is she teaching you to trust or how are you like, how is she teaching you that? Mm. Well, she's definitely giving me the opportunity to rewrite, I would say, the first 30 years of my life as a soul on this earth. Um, As you know, as my best friend, I've been going through a lot of healing stuff on my own, especially postpartum. Mm -hmm. She just, I mean, even down to the way that she looks at anything and everything, at me stirring a pot of soup on the stove or at Mike leaving the front door to go to work for the day. She just has this energy of my parents have me and everything is good. We, you know, she was born during a global pandemic, never met any family until very recently, a couple weeks ago. Um, and so the world just kind of lived within the phone screen that I was holding and showing her the people that love her and Doctors were masked, just so so much of life that can be calming and reassuring to us that seems normal was just not her normal. So she has just always been very trusting, A, to come during this time and to stick out pregnancy with me and um, choose me in general, a mom who clearly had a lot of stuff to heal still, who was battling chronic illness. Like she, she knew all of that and chose me anyway. So 
She's also just trusting me too, to really teaching me to really trust my instincts more Mm -hmm. the way that she, I mean, as you said, she doesn't hide how she feels about people or places, um, situations. So really just inspiring me to remember that it's okay for me to have opinions about things and to voice when things feel off. Babies have a really powerful and beautiful way of feeling an emotion in its entirety and then kind of moving past it onto the next, but vocalizing it. You never not know when something is off with them. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, I was just like, I'm fascinated by this concept of, I was just the, the person I had on last week, we were talking about this, about how her giving birth to her first child, her daughter as well, same as you, um, was like this powerful catalyst for her, it, you know, and I feel like it can be catalysts for people in different ways, uh, depending on what they need, like what it's kind of adaptogenic in a way, you know, mm-hmm. like these children are kind of like, Hey, you need to pay attention to this, or you need to do this, or you haven't done this yet. And you know, that kind of thing, like it's a really powerful kind of catalyst in, in a direction of awakening or healing or things like that for her, you know, it was kind of her abilities, which I think actually is true for you too, around your own kind of, you know, um, psychic abilities, because it's so fun being friends with you because you are so like, you, you are so much more psychically attuned than even, you know, and I tell you this all the time. Like I, I will tell you this every day for the rest of our lives together. Um, (laughs) but you are so like, psychically attuned. And I think, you know, can you speak to, because I think an interesting conversation is like the conversation around how sometimes we have to be from a young age, we sort of learn to be psychically attuned to kind of keep ourselves safe and like protect ourselves from things happening in the world and things like that. But as we get older, you know, um, and we start to heal from some of these things, or we remove ourselves from certain environments that are traumatic or toxic or things like that, that we can actually start using our psychic perception for uh, you know, a higher connection or enlightenment or connection to other people and things like that. So I'm not really sure where I'm going with this question, but <laughs> I'm like trying to, I want to, I want to place a couple different things. First of all, how did you find that, um, that yours coming into this planet was the catalyst for your own healing? Like what has it brought up for you? Mm. Well, first, you know, and I read about this and just kind of poo-pooed it away, I guess whatever you have not faced or healed or dealt with prior to having children, get ready because especially as a woman birthing a child, you are just so energetically and physically open during labor. And that remains open, especially for those who have something traumatic uh, to reprogram or let go or heal or face, or in my case, um, kind of dig up for the first time stuff that was very, very heavily repressed. Um, so having Yara a led, led me to this really open, raw, vulnerable, feminine space that honestly was pretty uncomfortable for me. And I'm still seven months in navigating the waters of that and kind of getting used to the femininity of what being a mom has brought about, but also what being so open crown chakra wise, root chakra wise, just ripped open. Um, so what she has brought about healing for me, man, um, body issue stuff, you know, even something as simple as my body changing during pregnancy, my body changing during postpartum, 
my body changing during breastfeeding, um, feeling comfortable with touch from another person, feeling comfortable with having my breast out, whether there's family around or in my backyard, just getting comfortable with myself (laughs) physically, but then also healing major, major inner child trauma that um, I had successfully repressed for upwards of 30 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the father-daughter dynamic, that is all very new to me and I'm watching what it can and should have been like for me through watching Mike and Yara interact, um, learning what unconditional love feels like, mm-hmm. you know, setting the stage and holding the space for raw expression of emotion, whatever that looks like, regardless of my schedule making time for that. Um, but above all, and I won't go into great detail on this because I'm still, um, doing the therapy work and all of that stuff in my world, but dealing with childhood sexual abuse that I was unaware had happened to me. Um, having my cervix checked in the hospital, the first time that I thought I was in labor, that's really when all of that stuff started to surface. So it's really hard for me to pinpoint one or two ways that she has helped me heal and helped me expand. Mm -hmm. I don't know that she'll ever fully know, but also in the back of my mind, I feel like she already does. And that's part of why she chose me. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I love about you and I've always loved about you is your um, transparency and your ability and your willingness to talk about things when you're still kind of um, in them, you know, and as you're going through them, because I think a lot of people that I notice sort of, in, and I'll be honest, including myself sometimes is that I won't talk about something necessarily until I've kind of reached a resolution point around it. Um, or I've reached kind of, you know, the epiphany from it or the healing from it or things like that. So I always have ad- admired that so much about you, about your willingness to talk about things as you're going through them. Um, and, you know, processing them kind of out loud through your words and your writing which that's a really interesting area that that you've also kind of expanded into too is really sort of you've always been a, a writer an author a poet but i think you've also expanded into that as well like i think your expression is coming out in all these different ways this year too like i think it's almost kind of like you're not only are you digging up all of this you know sort of like repressed memories and experiences and having healing experiences around that but as you're doing that you're almost like making space for a greater level of not only creative expression, but also psychic expression. So I wanted to ask you about, because this is something that you and I have discovered just recently um, around your experience with uh, astral projection or astral travel or whatever you want to call it. Can you talk about your process, like discovering that that's how you knew what was happening to you and how we made the whole discovery? Mm -hmm. And let's, let's, let's get into that. Yeah. So this has been a really exciting new I don't want to call it a hobby, but sort of a hobby of mine. Um, And how we discovered it, it was kind of interesting. So Mike and I and Yara bought a house and moved into the house pretty soon after she was born. And around that same time is when I started experiencing flashbacks of things that happened to me as a child started doing therapy, started doing channeling, channeled writing with spirit every morning. Um, So I started really opening and not running away from or 
sitting in a noisy space to distract me from all of these things. Um, but what started happening, especially at nighttime, is I started hearing these gunshots. And it happened probably two or three months ago, I think, the first time. And I was convinced that there was a shooting outside of our new home. We did experience a shooting in our apartment just below our balcony. So at first, I wasn't sure if A, I was hearing gunshots in our new neighborhood or B, I was having sort of a PTSD experience from what I heard in our apartment a few months prior. So my mom was staying with us at the time and I had asked her, did you hear the gunshots last night? And she looked at me like, no, I, I did not. Mike didn't wake up. I asked him. He didn't hear anything. So I just kind of let it go and just figured, you know, maybe it was um, a muffler backfiring or something like that on it. I was trying to make sense of it, which oftentimes when we start experiencing spirit in different ways or opening different psychic abilities, you know, your ego just automatically wants to kind of explain it away as a coincidence or as something else that you just kind of misinterpreted. So I started hearing gunshots. It didn't happen every night, but it happened frequently enough where I'm like, there's something going on here and I'm not really sure what is happening exactly. They also started getting louder and louder where initially when I would hear the gunshot, it sounded like it was down the block a little bit. It was distant. And I would sit there waiting to hear sirens, waiting to hear screaming, waiting to hear something outside following the gunshot. And there was just always silence. So it would take me a while to fall back asleep because I was so freaked out. But then the gunshots became singular and also very, very loud and intense and almost like it was coming from inside of our home. We don't own a gun. Mike was not waking up. Yara, who sleeps in our bed with us, was not waking up. So I knew that there was something to it. And typically, I didn't tell you about it until the morning after. But this one particular night, it was so ear-piercingly loud. It was almost as if those war movies that you watch, a bomb goes off or a gunshot happens and everything goes to like this high-pitched ringing sound and everyone's really disoriented. That's how it felt. And I immediately texted you and said, I just heard the gunshot again. Yeah. And you immediately responded. Both of us should have been dead which asleep I, at this which, point. Let me just say, I never, like once I'm done with my phone at the end of the day, it goes off, it turns off, it's on airplane mode, like it's away from my bed. It doesn't even stay in my room with me. So I never go check my phone in the middle of the night, but I was there anyway. You keep going. Just let yeah. me just give context because that's an right. important message. Yep. Um, yeah, there was no reason for us, for either of us to be communicating with one another in this moment whatsoever. So I had to texted you and said, I heard the gunshot again. And you responded saying you were just in my dream. And even before you fully, even before I received that, it was like, why am I reaching out to Emily? There's something with Emily and I and this gunshot sound. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you said that, I didn't even know that astral travel was a thing yeah. at this point. But as soon as you said that, I thought, oh, my soul's leaving my body and going somewhere else. I must be going with Emily somewhere. Mm -hmm. So you said, I think this is connected to astral travel. Yeah. And I immediately hopped on Google and I'm like searching just, I think I just typed in something simple, simple, like astral travel and gunshot sound or something. Yeah. And immediately got all of these results back. 
And essentially what it was from my understanding of it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but when your soul is leaving your body to go on these astral travel trips and then returns home, oftentimes people will hear this really intense, similar to a gunshot sound when their soul is kind of reconnecting with their physical body. Yeah. As soon as I read that, I had chills and I'm like, I've been doing this a lot longer than I've realized without really knowing that's what I was doing. Yeah. And it's really cool to be traveling with you, especially during a pandemic, because we've gone on trips lately. We literally have. We, we went, well, we've been on how many? I think two now that that we remember anyway. Yeah. And this is the thing, like, I think I, I wanted to talk about this with you, number one, because it's one of those, I, I feel like the dream world and, and, and that whole thing of like the soul leaving the body, you know, and that kind of thing, like it's, it's, I feel like it's something that we all do with varying levels of consciousness about it or conscious awareness that that it's happening. So it was so cool to finally kind of like have the, and I think, you know, this is the thing with, with dreams that I find is so interesting is that there's definitely some dreams where you can tell are just like a subconscious kind of like dumping out, like figuring things out, working things Mm -hmm. out, you know, things like that. There's some dreams that are very psychic or prophetic in nature where they feel kind of predictive in a sense, or they're telling us information about something that we need to know, or it's a loved one that's coming through to us in our dreams or what have you. But then there's this whole other different kind of subset where you're actually like the soul is actually leaving the body to, you know, whether that's like visit the other side or go on a trip with, you know, or meet up with somebody in the kind of the astral realm, which is what we were doing, you know, without like really necessarily even trying to, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think it was so interesting when we brought, when we brought like consciousness to it, like, oh my God, we're doing this. Like we're meeting up in the astral realm. So, and two things, one, looking back, I, I know exactly when, my dreams shifted from dreaming to astral travel because in the dream itself, I'm having this dream and I'm I'm feeling like an active participant in the dream versus kind of just watching it as I'm sleeping. But in the dream itself, I was questioning things like, well, why am I here? And where did that person go? Mm -hmm. And what is it that I'm hearing? I was like actively questioning stuff that was kind of taking place in the dream. Yeah. But then with that dream in particular, when we kind of connected the dots that you and I both were doing this together, I had been having this reoccurring vision of the labyrinth and we were trying to figure out the meaning of the labyrinth, why I kept dreaming about that. Did it have something to do with healing the childhood sexual abuse stuff that I'm working through? But in that particular dream, I described where I was and you also were there in your dream. And then that place in particular is somewhere you've been in real life and you showed me a picture and that was the labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. It was like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, and I think that was the coolest thing is that we were able to kind of actually validate some of these, um, you know, things that we were doing or experiencing. And I was like, Oh, you were like, Oh my God, that's the place that I was. And I was like, yeah, that's where we were together. You know, it's just such a cool. And I think it's, it just adds such an amazing dimension to the human experience as well. Like the fact that we're able to do things like this. I had, I heard a really cool interview. It's one of my favorite interviews, podcast interviews I've ever listened to um, by this. He's a psychologist, he's an astrologer and he's a dream expert. And I'm actually going to have him on my podcast in the next um, couple months. He's amazing. And he basically was saying he had this one dream where he was in like this beautiful field and there was a picnic table um, in the middle of this field. And there was like 
five or six other people sitting at this picnic table. And he was like walking over gradually to this picnic table. And basically he met up with these people and, and he was like, who, like, who are you guys? Like, what are we all doing here? And basically the people in the dream were like, man, we're all dreaming. Like we're all dreaming and we're meeting up here together. Right. So it's like, you know, um, and he was basically saying it was the most real experience and the most tangible and the, like visceral experience that he ever had. He had no doubt that he, you know, was that those other people were people who were projecting out of their bodies while they were sleeping and they were mm -hmm. meeting up in some sort of communal space in the dream world. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's like, it, it's so neat because it just adds this beautiful dimension to the human experience. That's just like, you know, there's so much more than what we can just see. And we're not just like doing nothing as we're sleeping. Like we're learning, we are visiting, you know, people, we're connecting with people, we're, we're, you know, we're um, like, it's so dream time, I think, and sleep it can be so significant if we allow it to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, the fact that you and I have discovered this and are successfully doing it on a pretty regular basis is such a cool thing to be taking out of this time of the global pandemic. You know, there are so many people that want to get back to the new normal. And then there's the people, which I'm in the pool of saying, hello, we're not going back to that new normal. We're going forward to something different. And this is just another example of, you know, humanity kind of pushing the limits and discovering what all we're actually capable of outside of the normal nine to five job and grocery shopping and just like the normal busyness when we kind of have that space to not even relax because I think a lot of us are in this perpetual anxious state to some degree right now. But when we kind of sit with that and get quiet and explore different ways of living, different ways of dreaming, different ways of parenting, it's just, I don't know, it's really cool. It's amazing. I, and I think that that's been so many people's experience that they've gotten to, you know, get heightened with their sort of experience of things, whether psychically, intuitively, you know, doing things like this, like it's just allowed the space for that to happen, which has just been so amazing. Um, the other thing I wanted to say about the astral uh, projection is, is disclaimer, you don't when you're when you're astral projecting astral traveling every night, you don't necessarily wake up feeling the most rested. That's the only thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There have been nights where I'm like, okay, spirit, I really need to actually stay in my body tonight because I'm exhausted. Yeah. yeah. It's not restful at all. And I have no proof of this, but the theory that I received through channeled writing most recently on astral travel for myself in particular, uh, in this lifetime, I am so disconnected with I'm in tune with my body, but I ignore my body at the same time. I'm not really sure how, how to call that, but, yeah. um, part of this astral travel and Yara co-sleeping with us is Yara is actually the one who will cry out in the night and kind of bring me back to my body when I'm like out there for too long, you know, my battery is getting too depleted. My body temperature is dropping things of that nature. She kind of brings me back home. Like, okay, mama, you've been gone long enough. It's time yeah. to time to return. So I kind of feel like she's who taught me how to astral travel to begin with. A hundred percent. Yeah. She's so intelligent. Like she, she knows exactly the moment when it's like, Oh, okay. You've been gone too long. Like let's, I'm going to, I'm going to cry out or I'm going to need something so that you can come back into your system. It's like, you're doing it together. It's so cool. See, she's like your little guide, your little like yeah. mountain guide. Totally. I love it. I love it. Um, 
the other thing I wanted you to touch on just really quickly about your about your channeled writing that you've been doing pretty regularly every morning, because this is something that I have a lot of people ask me about, about like, okay, how can I, like, what's the best way for me to feel a connection to spirit or to my guides or things like that? And so for you, I think the way that you've you've gotten even deeper connected with that is through your writing, which is just naturally something that comes super easy and natural to you. Like you are truly a wordsmith. Um, but can you explain about like your automatic, I call it automatic writing, which is essentially like having a, um, kind of a back and forth with spirit on a paper, on a piece of paper. So can you explain how that works for you or like for somebody who's looking to get started and doing that same kind of thing, how they would go about doing that? Yeah. So for me, I, honestly didn't realize what I was doing until I read back what I had written. Um, sometimes I go back and forth between the computer and handwriting. I find that spirit comes through stronger for me if I'm handwriting it out. And I usually start, you know, when the house is still asleep. So Mike is still asleep. Yara is still asleep. There are no distractions. It's just me, some form of mantra based music that I put on that kind of makes me feel a little bit open. I do it before I'm not fully awake as well. So I normally just roll right out of bed. I make my cacao. I have not even had a sip of it yet. I sit down and I kind of start the process. I light a candle. And initially it started with me saying, you know, dear spirit universe, whatever you call source, what is it that you need to speak through me today? What messages am I needing to hear? What does the world need to hear? But I've stopped doing that and just kind of just started writing. So oftentimes what happens for me is it's definitely Ariel that's writing for the first few lines or so. And then something shifts. Sometimes I write down a question. Sometimes I write down a fear or just a statement in general. And then because I've read them to you quite frequently, the tone changes, my handwriting changes, something just shifts enough where my brain shuts off and my soul opens up. And I don't edit as I write. I don't read as I go. I just dump everything until I feel that I'm at either a space where it feels quiet and like the energy has kind of um, become less intense or I have become more awake yeah. in my human body. And that's usually where I stop. So every day, you know, it's something different. Sometimes it's relative to inner child work that I'm working on. Sometimes it's relative to COVID or the government. I mean, it really has kind of gone all over the map. This morning's was all about, you need to be writing down your dreams because whether I'm astral traveling or not, there's depth and meaning and importance in what it is that I'm dreaming. And spirit really, really drove that home, but also drove home trusting yeah. that spirit's there, even when I don't feel supported necessarily because um, lately I've just been feeling like, are you sure you're there? Because I'm feeling that deep ache, that loneliness again. So just really doubting. And you know what came through today is you don't get to question us. Mm -hmm. Like we are just there and that is what we are. And that's up to you to trust or not trust. Yeah. I love that so much. I mean, for so many reasons, like just even you like you said, you've been sending me over your, your writing, like your pieces, these pieces of beautiful writing. And it's so 
cool to see exactly like the tone shifts. Like I'm like, okay, that I can tell, okay, that's her. That's not her. That's her. That's not her. Because the way that it's just so precise and it's so clear and it's so, it almost, I know it's just writing, like it's just, it's, it's words, but it almost, um, as I'm reading through it, you can tell that it's a super neutral um, yes. voice. Like it's so neutral and so precise. And so I think, you know, um, I, like, I think that everybody should have a chance to try some form of automatic writing or things like that, because it's so, it's actually so incredible how that can come through. And actually, just as we're talking about this right now, one of the first ways as a teenager, like before I even knew, you know, what my situation was, um, is I feel like I read about that somewhere that you could do automatic writing. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just try it. And at that time I was like, I think there was like a TV show on about past lives and things like that. So anyway, I did some, um, some automatic, and I can even remember now too, like I'm having all these like flashbacks of memories of that. I, I actually like did automatic writing before I even knew what I was doing yeah. is, you know, when I was still kind of fairly, uh, in the religious system is, you know, they would always talk so much about, okay, like, who's your guardian angel? Who's your guardian angel? Um, which I just use different languaging now. I, I don't go so much down that route, but mm. at that time I remember being like, okay, I'm going to, I was like t- nine or 10 years old at this, at this point. And I remember like sitting down with my little, like sparkly, you know, pink princess journal. Um, and like being like, okay, who is my guardian angel? And I remember sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And then I wrote down a name, um, like just like, kind of like, it was like my hand was moving without me even trying to move mm-hmm. my hand. Like, and it's like, it's just so neat just as you were talking, I was having all these flashbacks of times where I did automatic writing without even knowing that that's what I was doing. Because I feel like sometimes it really allows us to like bypass the the mind experience and yep. kind of just like let whatever the information is just kind of be like dumped out onto the paper. Um, so that's why I like like your process, you know, you do it first thing in the morning when you, you know, you're kind of, um, still kind of in between worlds, right? Like you're not yeah. necessarily fully back in the physical world just yet. And, you know, you don't really do much else before you do that, like not touching your phone before, you know, blah, blah, blah. I feel like you can, people can really have a profound experience if they just kind of like set up the setting right at the right time of day and really just kind of like let spirit um, work through them and so that the spirit can just really bypass the mind and and you can get like really precise, profound information in that way. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you're someone that's interested in trying, I would just say, you know, try various times throughout the day to see what feels good for you. If you're someone who meditates, maybe right after you meditate or right before you meditate, um, right before you go to bed in the middle of the night, if you wake up to go to the bathroom, you know, times like that. But for me in particular, you hit on exactly what it is. It's me bypassing a, the prefrontal cortex, shut down, log off, sign off line, repress stuff that I have but also ego and that continually kind of striving to rationalize and justify things and judge and, you know, the humanness, it's just bypassing all of that because for me, meditation only gets me so far. And then it's like, I short circuit. Sometimes I actually see someone pulling a plug from a wall and it's like, okay, no, go back to the small minded, scared you need work, Ariel, like you're thinking too big or you're expanding too fast. And when I'm writing, it's like I'm tricking that part of my being so that I can experience what else is out there and receive a little bit better. Amazing. I love it. I love it so much. And I hope that 
if you're listening to this, that you'll give it a try and see what happens for you and see what kind of um, information you can have come through. Or even just like, sometimes it's not always information, like it's just presence. Um, so however you experience it is totally amazing. Um, no, I love that we, I love that we talked about that. The last thing I want to I want to to ask you, and this is just kind of like a fun little last ending anecdote, um, is, you know, one of the, the, the questions that I get so much is like, people are always so curious <laughs> for me, um, like, they're like, what is it like? Like, what, what kind of experience does your husband have? Like what, you know, he's living with you, like what, you know, or what's happening with that? Like, how is he, what, what is it like for him? Like living with a medium or, you know, or a psychic medium or whatever. And so you have a, you know, a great insider look on my, <laughs> on what it's like to be close to someone like me. Um, so what would you tell, what would you tell those people that it's like, like being close friends with, you know, with a the, psychic? Yeah. <laughs> you can say it. Yeah. You are Emily, the medium. Um, it's absolutely amazing. First of all, just as a human being, you're one of the most incredible, warm, genuine honest, inspiring, beautiful souls that I've ever met. But B, to have you also be psychic, it's really healing for me in ways where I tend to really focus on others a lot more than myself and put others first all the time, which sometimes leads to me being dishonest about how I'm actually doing or what I'm actually struggling with. And there's no curtain between you and I. It's I can say that I'm fine or okay or good or um, follow up your question with another question to try and pivot it back to you. And you're like, I'm asking you this because I've been feeling tightness in my chest all morning. So I know that you're dealing with anxiety. I'm just giving you the platform to share what it is you're anxious about. <laughs> so it's it was really interesting to navigate the beginnings of our friendship because it was so new to me. And now it's just, I mean, it's having spirit and your best friend in one person. And it's mm -hmm. amazing. It also has made me extremely protective of you because I never want anyone to, you know, have you in the state of running over on a, on a reading because I know that that's physically taxing on you. And I'm like, this makes me so angry. I love you. I don't want you to be hurting. Are you eating enough grounding foods in between your calls? Are you sure that you can reschedule that client right now? Are you taking time for you? Yeah. So we just have this really beautiful bond that it's not sisterhood. It's not friendship. Mm -hmm. It's truly just otherworldly. Yeah. And, you know, we've had past lives together, which we've also been able to kind of explore. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's not a best friend of this lifetime. It's all lifetimes. And it's just unlike anything else. It's, it's awesome. true. It's truly the best. Like it's, it's, it's actually so amazing and so fun to get to be with you at this time in these bodies at this time on the planet. Like it's so fun. I feel like we're really able to, the most fun part is you know, I don't think we've always been in environments that were totally like safe for us to express this, you know, these different yeah. parts of ourselves in this way and like have fun and explore and, you know, be there for each other in the way that we are now. And so it's so fun being with you in this lifetime. And I'm so happy that we're here together. And it's, it's also funny because, you know, you are also the, the very exact same, like, you know, I, you can't hide from, from me, but I also can't hide from you. Like it's very, there's, there's exactly like you said, there's no curtain. Like there's there, nothing gets past me, nothing gets past you. Um, but you know, it's really nice though. Like there's no, 
there's no, I think, you know, there's no pretending, there's no like skirting around things. Like when, when, you know, you sometimes are even more attuned to my feelings before I even am, which is really amazing. Um, because you're like, Hey, are you feeling this? And I'm like, no, no, uh, actually, Actually, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know why. I'm like, Oh, it's because X, Y, and Z. You're like, Oh yeah, that does make sense. Right. And it's, I don't know. It's just amazing. It really feels like, um, we have such a beautiful, solid, like attuned support system in one another. And I think that, um, you know, my hope and my wish for people is that they get to have friendship in the way that we have together with, you Mm -hmm. know, people in their lives. Like I think to grow, to have like a self experience and kind of like a self, you know, uh, awakening or healing experience is amazing. But then when you get to share in that with someone else, it's the most amazing thing in the world. Yeah. And we have, we have this really special way of kind of letting spirit take over in our relationship, in our responses to one another, when we're kind of helping each other unpack or heal or figure out the next move. So it's this best friend connection where we can experience these things together, but we can also tap into this state of neutrality, which is rare in friendships, I think. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. It's like, it is rare. It is rare, like absolute neutrality or absolute, you know, non-competition or judgment yeah. or, you know, or things like that. Like, I feel like, um, and that's fine. I mean, you know, I, that's, that's, that some places and friendships are going, are going to have that. But I think what's so nice with you is that it just is, it's doesn't even come, it doesn't even touch it. It's the best. Yeah. Um, I love it. Well, it was so good to have you here. Like, I, I feel like this is so long overdue and I'm so happy we got to have this chance to, to talk, you know, on the record and so amazing that Yara slept the whole way through. Go Yara. She's like, all right. You know, I did my part. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I yeah, she'll, she'll wake up as soon as I hit end call. I can already tell. Thank you, spirit. Thanks for orchestrating right. that one. <laughs> okay. My love, thank you for being here with me and we will talk very soon. Sounds good. Thanks, love.